Section 56 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Yuqing in Singapore. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2 by Cao Xueqing. Translated by Henry Bancroft Jolly. Chapter 53, Part 1. In the Ningguo Mansion, sacrifices are offered to their ancestors on the last night of the year. In the Rongguo Mansion, a banquet is given on the evening of the 15th of the first moon. But to resume our story, when Bao Yu saw that Qin Wen had, in her attempt to finish mending the peacock down cloak, exhausted her strength and fatigued herself, he hastily bade a young maid help him massage her and, setting to work, they tapped her for a while, after which they retired to rest. But not much time elapsed before the broad daylight set in. He did not, however, go out of doors, but simply called out that they should go at once and ask the doctor round. Presently, Dr. Wang arrived. After feeling her pulse, his suspicions were aroused. Yesterday, he said, she was much better. So how is it? Now today she is instead weaker, and has fallen off so much. She must surely have had too much in the way of drinking or eating, or she must have fatigued herself. A complaint arising from outside sources is, indeed, a light thing, but it's no small matter if one doesn't take proper care of oneself, as she has done after perspiring. As he passed these remarks, he walked out of the apartment and, writing a prescription, he entered again. When Bao Yu came to examine it, he perceived that he had eliminated the laxatives and all the drugs whose properties were to expel noxious influences, but added pachymacocos, rhubarb, aurelia edulis, and other such medicines, which could stimulate the system and strengthen her physique. Bao Yu, on one hand, hastened to direct a servant to go and decoct them, and, on the other, he heaved a sigh. What's to be done? he exclaimed. Should anything happen to her, it will all be through the evil consequences of my shortcomings. Hi, cried Xingwen, from where she was reclining on her pillow. Dear Mr. Secundus, go and mind your own business. Have I got such a dreadful disease? Bao Yu had no alternative but to get out of the way. But in the afternoon, he gave out that he was not feeling up to the mark, and hurried back to her side again. The symptoms of Qin Wen's illness were, it is true, grave. Yet fortunately for her, she had ever had to strain her physical strength, and not to tax the energies of her mind. Furthermore, she had always been frugal in her diet, so that she had never sustained any harm from under or overeating. The custom in the Jia mansion was that as soon as anyone irrespective of masters or servants, contracted the slightest chill or cough. Quiet and starving should invariably be the main things observed, the treatment by medicines occupying only a secondary place. Hence, it was that, when the other day she unawares felt unwell, she at once abstained from food during two or three days, while she carefully also nursed herself by taking proper medicines and although she recently taxed her strength a little too much, she gradually succeeded, by attending with extra care to her health for another few days, in bringing about her complete recovery. Off late, his female cousins, who lived in the garden, 
had been having their meals in their rooms so with the extreme convenience of having a fire to prepare drinks and eatables pao yu himself was able needless for us to go into details to ask for soups and order broth for qing wen with which to recoup her health xi ren returned soon after she had followed the funeral of her mother she yue then minutely told xi ren all about dreyer's affair about qing wen having sent her off and about pao yu having been already informed of the fact and so forth yet to all this xi ren made no further comment than what a very hasty disposition that gao qing wen has but consequent upon li wan being likewise laid up with a cold she got through the inclemency of the weather madame xing suffering so much from sore eyes that ying chun and xiu yan had to go morning and evening and wait on her while she used such medicines as she had li wan's brother having also taken her sister-in-law li together with li wan and li qi to spend a few days at his home and pao yu seeing on one hand xi ren brood without intermission over the memory of her mother and give way to secret grief and the xing wen on the other continued not quite convalescent there was no one to turn any attention to such things as poetical meetings with the result that several occasions on which they were to have assembled were passed over without anything being done by this time the twelfth moon arrived the end of the year was nigh at hand so madame wang and lady feng were engaged in making the necessary annual preparations but without alluding to wang ziheng who was promoted to be lord high commissioner of both the nine provinces jia yuchun who filled up the post of chief inspector of calvary assistant grand consular and commissioner of affairs of state we will resume our narrative with jia zhen in the other part of the establishment after having the ancestral hall thrown open he gave orders to the domestics to sweep the place to get ready the various articles and bring over the ancestral tablets then he had the upper rooms cleaned so as to be ready to receive the various images that were to be hung about in the two mansions ning and rong inside as well as outside above as well as below everything was therefore bustle and confusion as soon as mrs yo of the ning mansion put her foot out of bed on this day she set to work with the assistance of jia rong's wife to prepare such needlework and presents as had to be sent over to dowager lady jia's portion of the establishment when it so happened that a servant girl broke in upon them with a tea-tray in hand containing ingots of silver of the kind given the evening before new year Sooner, she said informs your ladyship that the pieces of gold in that bundle of the other day amount in all to one hundred and fifty-three tails one mace and seven candarines and that the ingots of pure metal and those not contained in here number altogether two hundred and twenty with these words she presented the tray mrs yule passed the ingots on a survey she found some resembling plum blossom others peonies among them were some with pens and as you like and others representing the eight precious things linked together for use in springtime mrs yo directed that the silver ingots should be made up into a parcel and then she bade xing er take them and deliver them immediately inside the servant girl signified her obedience and went away but shortly jia zhen arrived for his meal 
and Xia Rong's wife withdrew. Have we received? Thereupon inquired Xia Zhen. The bounty conferred by His Majesty for our spring sacrifices or not? I've sent Rong Er today to go and receive it, Mrs. Yeo rejoined. I'll beat, continued Xia Zhen. Our family can well do without those paltry tales, yet they are, whatever their amount may be, an imperial gift to us. So take them over as soon as you can, and send them to our old lady on the other side to get ready the sacrifices to our ancestors. Above, we shall then receive the emperor's bounty. Below, we shall enjoy the goodwill of our progenitors. For, no matter if we went so far as to spend ten thousand ounces of silver to present offerings to our forefathers with, they could not, in the long run, come up with this gift in high repute. Added to this, we shall be the participators of grace and the recipients of blessings. Putting one or two households, such as our own, aside, what resources would those poverty-stricken families of hereditary officials have at their command wherewith to offer their sacrifices and celebrate the new year, if they could not rely upon this money? In very truth, therefore, the imperial favour is vast and all-providing. Your arguments are quite correct, Mrs. Yeo ventured. But while these two were indulging in this colloquy, they caught sight of a messenger who came and announced, our young master has arrived. Jia Zhen accordingly enjoined that he should be told to enter, whereupon they saw Jia Rong step into the room and present with both hands a small bag made of yellow cloth. How is it you've been away the whole day? Jia Zhen asked. Jia Rong strained a smile. I didn't receive the money today from the Board of Rights, he replied. The issue was again made at the treasury of the Guanglu Temple, so I had, once more, to trudge away to the Guanglu Temple before I could get it. The various officials in the Guanglu Temple bade me present their compliments to you, father. They asked me to tell you that they had not seen you for many days, and that they are really longing for your company. What an idea! Do they care to see me? Jia Zhen laughed. Why? Here's the end of the year drawing nigh again, so if they don't hanker after my presence, they must long and crave for my entertainments. While he spoke, his eye espied a slip of paper affixed to the yellow cloth bag, bearing the four large characters. The imperial favour is everlasting. On the other side figured also a roll of small characters with a seal of director of ancestral worship in the Board of Rites. These testified that the enclosed consisted of two shares conferred upon the Ningguo Duke Jia Yan and the Rongguo Duke Jia Fa as a bounty from the Emperor for sacrifices to them every spring in perpetuity and gave the number of tails computed in pure silver and the year, moon and day on which they were received in open hall by Jia Rong, controller in the imperial prohibited city and expectant officer of the guards. The signature of the official in charge of the temple for that year was appended below in purple ink. After Jia Zhen had perused the inscription, he finished his meal, rinsed his mouth, and washed his hands. This over, he changed his shoes and hat, and bidding Jia Rong follow him along with the money, he went and informed Dowager Lady Jia and Madame Wang of the receipt of the imperial bounty, 
and repairing back to the near side, he communicated the fact to Jia She and Madame Xin. After which he at length betook himself to his quarters. He then emptied the money and gave orders that the bag should be taken and burned in a large censer in the ancestral hall. Go and ask your aunt Tertia yonder. He further enjoined Jia Rong whether the day on which the new year wine is to be drunk has been fixed or not. If it has been determined upon, timely notice should be given in the library to draw out a proper list in order that when we again issue our invitations, there should be no chance of two entertainments coming off on the same day. Last year, not sufficient care was exercised, and several persons were invited to both mansions on the very same occasion. And people didn't say that we hadn't been careful enough, but that, as far as appearances went, the two households had made up their minds among themselves to show an empty attention prompted by the fear of trouble. Jia Rong immediately replied that he would attend to his injunctions, and not much time elapsed before he brought a list mentioning the days on which the inmates were to be invited to partake of the New Year wine. Jia Zhen examined it. Go, he then said, and give it to Lai Sheng so that he may see its contents and invite the guests. But mind, he doesn't fix anything else for the day specified in here. But while washing from the pavilion, the servant boys carrying the enclosing screens and rubbing the tables, and the gold and silver sacrificial utensils, he perceived a lad appear on the scene holding a petition and a list, and report that Wu, the head farmer in the Heishan village, had arrived. What does this old executioner come for today? Jia Zhen exclaimed. Jia Rong took the petition and the list, and, unfolding them with all dispatch, he held them up to his father. Jia Zhen, however, glanced at the papers as they were held by Jia Rong, keeping the while both hands behind his back. The petition on red paper ran as follows. Your servant, the head farmer Wu Jingxiao, prostrates himself before his master and mistress, and wishes them every kind of happiness and good health, as well as good health to their worthy sign and daughter. May great joy, great blessings, brilliant honours and peace be their share in the spring, which is about to dawn. May official promotion and increase of emoluments be their lot. May they see in everything the accomplishment of their wishes. Zhen smiled. For a farmer, he remarked, it has several good points. Pay no heed to the style, urged Xia Rong, also smiling, but to the good wishes. Saying this, he speedily opened the list. The articles mentioned were, on examination, found to consist of 30 big deer, 5,000 musk deer, 50 roebuck deer, 20 Siamese pigs, 20 boiled pigs, 20 dragon pigs, 20 wild pigs, 20 home-sorted pigs, 20 wild sheep, 20 grey sheep, 20 home-boiled sheep, 20 home-dried sheep, 200 sturgeon, 200 catties of mixed fish, live chickens, ducks and geese, 200 of each, 200 dried chickens, ducks and geese, 200 pair of pheasants and hares, 200 pair of bear's paws, 20 catties of deer tendons, 50 catties of birch damir, 50 deer tongues, 50 ox tongues, 20 catties of dried clams, filberts, fir combs, 
peaches, apricots and squash, 200 bags of each, 50 pairs of salt prawns, 200 catties of dry shrimps, 1,000 catties of super fine picked charcoal, 200 catties of medium charcoal, 20,000 catties of common charcoal, 2 pickles of red rice grown in the imperial grounds, 50 bushels of greenish glutinous rice, 50 bushels of white glutinous rice, 50 bushels of pounded non-glutinous rice, 50 bushels of various kinds of quinoa and millet, a thousand pickles of ordinary common rice, exclusive of a cartload of every sort of vegetables, and irrespective of 2,500 tails, derived from the sale of corn and millet and every kind of domestic animals. Your servant respectfully presents, for your honour's delectation, two pair of live deer, four pair of white rabbits, four pair of black rabbits, two pair of live variegated fowls, and two pair of duck from western countries. When Jia Zhen had exhausted the list, Bring him in, he cried. In a little time, he perceived Wu Jingxiao make his appearance inside. But simply halting in the court, he pumped his head on the ground and paid his respects. Jiao Zhen desired a servant to raise him up. You are still so hale, he smiled. I don't deceive you, sir, Wu Jingxiao observed, when I say that your servants are so accustomed to walking that had we not come, we wouldn't have felt exceedingly dull. Isn't the whole crowd of them keen upon coming to see what the world is like at the feet of the Son of Heaven? Yet they are, after all, so young in years that there's the fear of their going astray on the way. But in a few more years, I shall be able to appease my solicitude on their account. How many days have you been on the way? Jin inquired. To reply to your question, sir, Wu Jinxiao ventured, so much snow has fallen this year that it's everywhere out of town four and five feet in depth. The other day, the weather suddenly turned mild, and with the thaw that set in, it became so very hard to make any progress that we wasted several days. Yet, albeit, we've been a month and two days in accomplishing the journey. It isn't anything excessive. But, as I feared lest you, sir, would be giving way to anxiety, didn't I hurry along to arrive in good time? How is it, I said, that he's come only today? Jia Zhen observed. But upon looking over the list just now, it seemed to me that you, old fossil, had come again to make as much as fun of me as if you were putting up a stage for a boxing match. Wu Jingxiao hastily drew near a couple of steps. I must tell you, sir, he remarked, that the harvest this year hasn't really been good. Rain set in ever since the third moon, and there it went on incessantly straight up to the eighth moon. Indeed, the weather hasn't kept fine for five or six consecutive days. In the ninth moon, there came a storm of hail, each stone of which was about the size of a saucer, and over an area of the neighbouring two or three hundred li, the men and houses, animals and crops which sustained injury, numbered over thousands and ten thousands. Hence it is that the things we've wrought now are what they are. Your servant will not have the audacity to tell a lie. Jia Zhen knitted his eyebrows. I had computed, he said, that the very least you would have brought would have been five thousand tales. 
What is this enough for? There are only now eight or nine of your farmers, and from two localities reports have contrariwise reached us during the course of this very year of the occurrence of droughts. And do you people come again to try your larks with us? Why, verily, these aren't sufficient to see the new year in with. And yet, Wuzin Xiao argued, your place can be looked upon as having fared well, for my brother, who's only over a hundred li away from where I am, has actually fallen in with a vastly different lot. He has, at present, eight farms of that mansion under his control, and these considerably larger than those of yours, sir, and yet this year they too have only produced but a few things, so nothing beyond two or three thousand tales has been realised. What's more, they've had to borrow money. Quite so, Sandin exclaimed. The state of things in my place here is passable. I've got no outside outlay. The main thing I have to mind is to make provision for a year's necessary expenses. If I launch out into luxuries, I have to suffer hardships, so I must try a little self-denial and manage to save something. It's the custom, besides, at the end of the year, to send presents to people and invite others. But I'll thicken the skin of my face a bit, and dispense with both, and have done. I'm not like the inmates in that mansion, who have, during the last few years, added to so many items of expenditure, that is, of course, a matter of impossibility for them to avoid loosening their purse strings. But they haven't, on the other hand, made any addition to their funds and lended property. During the course of the past year or two, they've had to make up many deficits. And if they don't appeal to you, to whom can they go? Wu Xiao laughed. It's true, he said. That in that mansion many items have been added, but money goes out and money comes in, and won't the Empress and His Majesty the Emperor bestow their favour? At these words, Jia Chen smilingly faced Jia Rong and the other inmates. Just you listen to his arguments, he exclaimed. Aren't they ridiculous, eh? Jia Rong and the rest promptly smiled. Among your hills and seaboards can anything they observed, be known with regard to this principle. Is it likely, pray, that the Empress will ever make over to us the Empress treasury? Why, even supposing she may at heart entertain any such wish, she herself cannot possibly adopt independent action. Of course, she does confer her benefits on them, but this is at stated times and fixed periods, and they merely consist of a few coloured satins, antiquities, and bric-a-brac. In fact, when she does bestow hard cash on them, it doesn't exceed a hundred ounces of silver. But did she even give them so much as a thousand and more tales, what would these suffice for? During which of the two last years have they not had to fork out several thousands of tales? In the first year, the imperial consort paid a visit to her parents, and just calculate how much they must have run through in laying out that park, and you'll then know how much they stand. Why, if in another couple of years the Empress comes and pays them a second visit, they'll be, I'm inclined to fancy, regular paupers. That's why, urged Jiajun, smiling, country people are such unsophisticated creatures that though they behold what lies on the surface, 
They have no idea of what is inside hidden from view. They are just like a piece of yellow cedar made into a mallet for beating the sonorous stones with. The exterior looks well enough, but it's all bitter inside. In very truth, Jiarong added, laughing also the while, as he addressed himself to Jiajin, that mansion is impoverished. The other day, I heard a consultation held on the sly between Aunt Secunda and Yuan Yang. What they wanted was to filch our worthy seniors' things and go and pawn them in order to raise money. This is just another devilish trick of that minx firm, Jiajin smiled. However could they have reached such straits? She's certain to have seen that expenses were great and that heavy deficits had to be squared, so wishing again to curtail some item or other, who knows which, she devised this plan as a preparatory step, in order that when it came to be generally known, people should say that they had been reduced to such poverty. But from the result of these calculations I have arrived at in my mind, Things haven't as yet attained this climax. Continuing, he issued orders to a servant to take Wu Xiao outside and to treat him with every consideration. But no further mention need be made of him. During this while, Jia Zhen gave directions to keep from the various prerequisites just received, such as would prove serviceable for the sacrifices to their ancestors, and, selecting a few things of each kind, he told Jia Rong to have them taken to the Rong mansion. After this, he himself kept what was required for his own use at home, and then allotting the rest, with due compliance to graduation, he had, share after share, piled up at the foot of the moon-shaped platform, and sending servants to some of the young men of the clan, he distributed them among them. In quick succession, Numerous contributions for the ancestral sacrifices were likewise sent from the Rong mansion, also presents for Jia Zhen. Jia Zhen inspected the things, and having them removed, he completed preparing the sacrificial utensils. Then, putting on a pair of slipshod shoes and throwing over his shoulders a long pelisse with surely sun fur, he bade the servants spread a large wolfskin rug in a sunny place on the stone steps below the pillars of the pavilion and with his back to the warm sun, he leisurely watched the young people come and receive the New Year gifts. Perceiving that Jia Qing had also come to fetch his share, Jia Zhen called him over. How is it that you've come too? he asked. Who told you to come? Jia Qing respectfully dropped his arm against his side. I heard, he replied, that you, senior sir, had sent for us to appear before you here and receive our presents. So I didn't wait for the servants to go and tell me, but came straight away. These things, Jia Zhen added, are intended for distribution among all those uncles and cousins who have nothing to do and who enjoy no source of income. Those two years you had no work, I gave you plenty of things too. But you are entrusted at present with some charge in the other mansion, and you exercise in the family temples control over the bonzes and Taoist priests, so that you as well derive every month your share of an allowance. Irrespective of that, the allowances and money of the Buddhist priests pass through your hands, and do you still come to fetch things of this kind? You are far too greedy. Just you look at the fineries you wear. 
Why, they look like the habiliments of one who has money to spend, of a regular man of business. You said some time back that you had nothing which could bring you in any money, but how is it that you've got none again now? You really don't look as if you were in the same plight that you were in once upon a time. I have in my home a goodly number of inmates, Dowsing explained, so my expenses are great. Xia Zhen gave a saturnine laugh. Are you trying again to excuse yourself with me? He cried. Do you flatter yourself that I have no idea of your dealings in the family temples? When you get there, you, of course, play the grand personage, and no one has the courage to run counter to your wishes. Then you've also got the handling of money. Besides, you are far away from us, so you are arrogant and audacious. Night after night, you get bad characters together, you gamble for money, and you keep women and young boys. And though you are now fling away money with such a high hand, do you still presume to come and receive gifts? But, as you can't manage to filch anything to take along with you, it will do you good to get beans with a pole used for carrying water. Wait until the new year is over, and then I'll certainly report you to your uncle Secundus. Xiaqing got crimson in the face, and did not venture to utter a single word by way of extenuation. A servant, however, then announced that the prince from Bei Mansion had sent a pair of scrolls and a purse. At this announcement, Xia Zhen immediately told Xia Rong to go out and entertain the messengers. And just say, he added, that I'm not at home. Xia Rong went on his way. Xia Zhen, meanwhile, dismissed Xia Qing, and, seeing the things taken away, he returned to his quarters and finished his evening meal with Mrs. Yo. But nothing of any note occurred during that night. End of section 56 Recording by Cao Yuqing in Singapore